Welcome to Work Disrupted, an Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists podcast. You're in the right place if you're someone that's interested in challenging what you thought you knew about workplace mental health. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown us on a societal level how disruption to any aspect of our life, including work, can impact our mental health. Our career or profession is so ingrained in our identity that disruptions can truly impact our mental health and well-being. This is causing organizations to strongly consider how to support employee mental health. My name is Chantel and I'm an occupational therapist currently working within a hospital supporting the health and wellness of those that work within my organization. And I'm Priya, an occupational therapist working for an insurance company who supports clients on long-term disability to return to work. In this series, we'll interview occupational therapists working in different roles within the area of workplace mental health. Our guests share the ways in which occupational therapy can assist us in getting back to thriving in the workplace. In this episode, our guest is Nancy Gowan, CEO and President of Gowan Consulting. She will talk to us about employee-employer relationships, return to work, and workplace mental health. But first, we will hear a real story from her work experience as read by voice actor. Welcome. I am a senior financial advisor and manager with an investment bank and have been with the bank for 25 years. For the last few years, we have not had consistent management or leadership. Everything I do feels like no one listens or cares about the employees or the clients. I'm a pillar at the firm and I need support. Three months ago, we were assigned another new director and on Friday, I lost it. I guess I shouldn't have picked up the phone when I was feeling so frustrated, but I ended up giving it to them. As the director, they should know that I need answers quickly. Now I'm stuck in an employee relations complaint and I'm fearful that I might lose my job. So employee relations told me I would have to participate in this training program with an occupational therapist. I thought, well, this should be easy. I'll do the course, get it over and done with. I didn't realize this would be one of the best things that ever happened to me in my career. I was already familiar with the information, but then she asked me why I had the outburst. Through the next three, four sessions, we talked about how I thought and how I felt about the changes occurring in the workplace. We discussed how to make communications of my expectations clear, how to manage my emotions, how to regulate my stress system and improve my relationship with my director and staff. I realized through this coaching that I had become triggered by stressors in the past, COVID stressors and fear of losing my job. I learned how to communicate. The occupational therapist facilitated a conversation with my director, so we had some rules of engagement. I now have a better understanding of how my emotions and my beliefs affects my communications and feelings. I'm thankful for the support and realize this could have been helpful for me a long time ago. I am a director of over 300 employees at one of the major Canadian financial institutions. Last month, I had a very difficult interaction with one of my managers. I had called the manager back in response to their voicemail, and when I told them that I did not have the answers to their questions at this time, they lost it. I had heard that they could be a live wire and aggressive with staff, but I had never been spoken to like that from anyone. I spoke with employee relations and they suggested the manager obtain communication training. They hired this occupational therapist to assist. The occupational therapist worked with the manager, but she also provided me with training on how to manage my employee. She helped me to see how my behavior affected the employee's distress, how to recognize their triggers and my own, and how to communicate with open, transparent language. I even hired her for some additional coaching when I knew I was going to have 
difficult conversations. Her guidance and support has been priceless. I've even heard that the staff have seen a change in the communication and tension in the office with the change in communication style. I never knew what an occupational therapist did, but now I get it. They really focus on management's and employees' health and productivity with practical tools. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for sharing that very interesting coaching success story with the audience. Can you start us off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and why you chose to share this story with us today? Yes, thank you. I am pleased to be here and I am an occupational therapist. And the main thing that we focus on, I have a company of occupational therapists across Canada, and we focus on helping employers and employees work successfully together. And I chose this story because I think it's a bit of a different approach to how occupational therapists can really help employers and employees build the skills to be able to work successfully in the workplace, especially um, in the area of mental health. We're wondering if you can expand a little bit on the process of intervening in this particular situation. Absolutely. So it um, really is a privilege because we've worked with um, national organizations for so many years and we they've come to realize that as an occupational therapist we can work both with the manager and the employee and so in this situation we are were called in because this employee and this manager were not being successful in terms of how they interacted together and not able to be able to communicate well. And so as you heard, it's kind of started with a bit of an outburst from the employee that the manager then felt that the employee needed to learn how to communicate. So as an occupational therapist, we started with doing some general assessment, some pre-questionnaires, some training around communication styles and conflict resolution and tools to communicate more effectively in the workplace for that employee. As we went through the assessment with the employee, we found that his communication was triggered by unhelpful thinking styles. And with increased stress, with COVID-related anxieties and stressors, with some unmanaged expectations in the workplace and multiple changes in management throughout the past few years, the employee was starting to become triggered because he was feeling like he wasn't supported in that workplace. So we started with a bit of cognitive behavioral therapy principles. Our intervention and support was provided over four sessions to really help the employee to understand what he was thinking and how that was impacting his emotions and how that was then impacting his triggering of his anger and his outburst. And we worked on how could he catch that thinking, um, doing some thought records, being able to talk about how to adjust that thinking pattern and being able to then say, okay, when I do get heated, 
how do I control some of that emotion? So a bit of emotional regulation and being able to help to then recognize and be more self-aware that that's the time to, as your mother probably put it, like count to 10 before you talk or to be able to say, you know, is this really what's happening? Is it my expectations that I've set um, that is triggering my anger? Or is it in, in fact what is happening on the side of the manager or the director? And so as we went through that, the employee became more self-aware. He talked about how this was one of those situations where it was the best thing that had happened to him to learn about this and to be able to learn how to control his anger and recognize those things, but also how to communicate in a professional way. And he's a high performer. And so the director wanted to support him. But as we spoke through the conversations and, and delved into kind of the source of the anger, we realized that some of that came from how the organization had kept switching managers, how he had expectations for his managers that maybe were unrealistic. And so we felt that it might be helpful to um, work with the director on coaching and training on how that director could support the employee when he became distressed or when um, there was decisions being made that might have triggered his anger or his distress. And we did some coaching with the director on how they communicate, how he would communicate his expectations with the employee. And then as we worked through both individually helping each party to learn communication, learn strategies to manage emotions, learn about their own mental health, we then brought together the um, employee and the manager in a facilitated meeting to say, let's set some ground rules for working together in the future and a process for that and develop some workplace communication strategies that allow both the director and the employee to work well together. So it really was a, a, a process of helping both of them realize that we all are triggered by certain things. We all have unhelpful thinking styles. And so being able to understand that, we could control some of those emotions. It was really interesting to hear about the different uh, levels that occurred as well as bringing it all together. Uh, as occupational therapists, it's important for us to be evaluating the effectiveness of the intervention. Can you share some of the outcomes from these interventions that made it successful? Absolutely. So the outcomes really was the skill development, the tools and learned strategies to manage and be aware of those emotions and the communication tools for the workplace. And so the manager and the employee both noted that they had been unaware of how their emotions were impacting their approach. And so the outcome was that they adjusted communication styles, um, the emails, uh, both written and verbal communication, how meetings were set up and some emotional regulation and the employee 
basically was able to make more assertive requests of the manager at the end of that process without becoming aggressive without and getting some outcomes from the director the director actually provided feedback that the employee was more successful in the workplace that colleagues had provided feedback that their was a significant change to the employee's behavior and communication styles that made the workplace more supportive and comfortable for the whole team. How would you know that this was successful and these outcomes were successful? What else has happened since then? Well, since that time, I've had um, numerous occasions where the director has asked for additional coaching and support for his overall team and how he communicated and on certain situations where the employee's um, communication style may be legged back to past behavior, the director asked for additional coaching on, you know, how should I approach this? What can I do to help this employee continue to be successful? And the manager has been very successful in continuing his role in the workplace in a high level financial advisor position. So he has been able to be successful for the company and continue to function well in his workplace. Yeah, that's so great to hear, Nancy. And, you know, in speaking from, I guess, personal experience in my current role, I, I do work with people who are off work due to workplace conflict, and it really could have been avoided or, you know, the problem could have been solved had they had access to resources such as an occupational therapist. Thank you for walking us through that story and sharing the occupational therapy interventions and outcomes with us. We'd like to switch gears a little bit here, and uh, we'd really like to learn more about you. Um, Can you tell us how you got here and how, you know, the process of starting your own company? Walk us through that a little bit. Um, Well, I think process started uh, long ago in occupational therapy school, and I had a wonderful mentor and um, occupational therapist who kind of... um, helped me to get a passion for working with employers and employees on stay at work and return to work. And so from there, I had the opportunity to work for a number of companies. So DeFasco Steel Company in Hamilton, I worked directly for them, helping employees, and then worked for consulting companies to work with Um, large organizations like Pepsi, um, NCR Canada, and continued to be able to have some success with working with a number of different companies. And I always had this urge to um, start my own business. And so 22 years ago, I had the opportunity to kind of leave those organizations and start my own company. And I thought, you know, what we really wanted to focus on was um, how occupational therapy can help employers and how we can take a real consultative role in bringing the skills of focusing on function and stay at work and return to work. And since then, I have had amazing occupational therapists join me to work with our company. And now our company is. Um, across Canada, and we do some consultation into the U.S. and 
training um, a little more globally and try to help employers to really understand um, how an occupational therapist can help employees to function at work and be successful at work with different tools and strategies. And so um, we now have um, about 150 subcontracting OTs across Canada. Before we get a little bit more into it, I'm really interested to know a little bit more about this mentor that you had in school. So what was that like? What was that guidance that you received or that little flame that was lit when you were a student um, that led to, to this company many years later? The mentor uh, was one of our my teachers, Marla Rosenfeld, and she was doing consultation work with employers and employees and had worked with DeFasco in the past and had really developed that skill. And so just her passion for it, um, the ability to kind of give me the tools and encourage me to do more training and research you know, it helped me to, to build my skills, to know what I wanted to do and uh, kind of directed me towards the right supports to, to build uh, the knowledge that I needed. And uh, also Muriel Westmoreland uh, was also one of uh, my mentors and she had created this role emerging occupational therapy position at DeFasco and had encouraged me to to follow that as one of my employment opportunities. So I think um, watching that passion in both of them and having the ability to talk to them about what tools could make me better at my skill set and in the employer world, how to work in business, how to work in the area of growing and developing my skills and my network so that I could use my OT skills in um, this new way within workplaces. And Nancy, did you have any um, formal business education or how did you learn about the ins and outs of creating a sustainable business? Um, Trial and error. (laughs) I didn't really have any business. Um, I did have, though, in one of the employment settings, I was a manager of occupational therapy. And so the company owner would bring me in on decision making and on some of the business perspectives and kind of reinforced some of the business principles as I worked for that organization. And then um, as I started my own business, I had a business coach and a mentor that helped me in developing my business um, marketing process, my approach. And then it was really a lot of great resources, accountants, lawyers, uh, marketing teams that I brought on board to be able to help me at the things that I wasn't good at so that I could focus on just doing what I was passionate about, which was the occupational therapy. What other types of work do you, your company do with uh, different organizations? 
a lot of our focus is, is, as I said already, is on stay at work and return to work. So our occupational therapists do a lot of ergonomic consultation, accommodation assessments, um, and interventions to assist employees with physical, mental, and cognitive needs. We do work-focused CBT, DBT, exposure, working with first responders. We do mental health support in workplaces with training as well as the success coaching that you've seen and cognitive assessments and job coaching. So if an employee is struggling, generally we do the work that we need to do, bringing in whatever tool or ever, whatever intervention is needed to help that employee be successful, whether it's assistive technology, whether it is a cognitive strategy, whether it is um, accessibility. Um, we are working with the employer to make sure that that employee has all of the tools they need to uh, do their essential tasks. The pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, have you seen changes in your practice or the, the, the ways that you're having to work with uh, your clients? You mentioned about first responders, and that was the first thing that came to mind and is definitely something that I've been working with with frontline workers in healthcare. But I'd be really fascinated to know your perspective on this and what changes you've noticed in these um, past few months or half a year. Or 18 months or <laughs> however long. I know, it's right? It, it, it <laughs> continues, unfortunately. But, um, and, and even potentially what we will, might see as we continue along. Well, and it, it's one of the cool things I think that we're seeing is we're seeing that um, from the employer perspective, we're seeing employers opening their eyes up to possibilities where they used to say, no, you can't do your work like that, right? So with COVID and pandemic, it's been an opportunity to educate employers about the fact that everybody needs something different. And some of the situations that we've come about have been like, how do I support someone who is um, working from home. How do I support someone who is anxious? How do I support someone who is um, has a learning disability and everything's now on the screen and they don't have the ability to use some of the tools that they've used in the workplace? And so one of the changes with COVID that we've seen significantly is that there's more possibilities in using technology, in using skills um, that occupational therapists can bring to the table to help employees be successful. I think also when you talk about like in the hospital settings and in first responders, I think there's been an increased recognition of the need for mental health support for our first responders, our nurses, um, but also for every person that is dealing with the pandemic. And so being able to provide strategies when 
we've just gone to a, a point where we're just so tired and have this crisis fatigue. How can we have realistic strategies to support employees in being able to stay healthy while, while they work? So I think from our business perspective, in terms of how has it changed how we work, that we realize that we can provide some great supports virtually. We don't have to be side by side and in person in all situations. We can offer awesome skills around supporting mental health that is practical and that is very important that it's, um, and we can also offer the opportunity to teach employers how to be inclusive in creative ways. I was just today like talking to um, a CEO about the struggle that they've shut down seven offices across Canada and now every single employee is remote. And so when the pandemic hit, they said, get whatever you need to be able to work from home because we're shutting down the offices. So then it's like, how do you teach people to have the right ergonomic workstation when you have a certain amount of money? They're going to buy the cheapest thing or the prettiest thing. They're not necessarily going to buy the best ergonomic thing. Um, and then how as an employer do I stay connected with my employees to let, let them know, you know, what's going on and, and what supports are available? And how do I know if they're struggling? And so it's an interesting conversation that I've been having with many businesses about how do we have a, a healthy hybrid workplace for our employees when there are challenges with childcare, challenges with, you know, and as, as OTs, we, we understand how home is so connected mm -hmm. to work, but now home and work are the same. So how do we help people to be making sure that they have the right balance and have the right supports that they need to be successful when they're at a distance. And we're such social beings. So how do we keep social when we have to be distanced? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you're in person, people can pick up on visual cues and check in on you. But when you're in a virtual world, if your camera's off for a team meeting, no one can really see um, what's going on and they're kind of missing those visual cues that make that may prompt them to ask you if everything's okay or some of those more informal check-ins I, I think um, are difficult to do in that virtual environment and and I think that employees struggle with that managers struggle with that and then you know you've got to have some difficult conversations so it's helpful when you have all that whole nonverbal um, body language that you can show that empathy and that compassion, but then being able to share that, like, I am trying to be compassionate here, but I, we need to make sure that you're able to do your work. And how do I support you through this? Um, there's so much miscommunication that's happening because we only have voice tone and, and we may not have even the visual on, on your employees. And so, it's important that we help managers to know that the tools and the skills of how to communicate in a different way. There's so much that's impacting us right now. 
Um, and then employers are dealing with the, you know, mandatory vaccinations and the anger and frustration around some of those pieces. And employers are dealing with, you know, productivity and employees not feeling able to work as much. And how do we stay globally competitive? So there's just so much on both the employer and the employee's plates right now that they need occupational therapists to help them. I guess our final question for you, Nancy, is, um, you know, can you tell us about one or two things that you'd like to share with our listeners who may be interested in this area of practice, who want to learn more, who are interested in um, seeking out resources? Do you have any, um, you know, nuggets of advice, any information, any resources? I think the first is to understand that as an occupational therapist, you're bringing a unique perspective. If you really focus on that base of looking at the connection between work worker and workplace and function. And so with all of the different types of interventions that we can bring to this area of practice. One is know that OT brings something very unique. You're not a psychologist, you're not a social worker, you bring a very unique perspective. And in the employer world, employers really want to help to make sure that their employees are healthy and productive and recognize the importance of that. So if you want more resources on this. There are some great resources that I know OSAD and COT have uh, good training programs around return to work and understanding the concepts around that. And then also, I would encourage OTs to expand beyond kind of just OT knowledge to business knowledge, like understand um, the business perspective on employee support. Uh, And you can do that with different types of training programs like the National Institute of Disability Management and Research has some good things and Institute for Work and Health has great research that they'll, you know, be able to start to look at um, beyond the OT spectrum into the business spectrum and combine the two. So Nancy, it's really fascinating about the company and that you started it. Anyone that's interested in, in learning more about Gowan Consulting, where would we be able to find you and find that information? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Uh, to start off with, we have a website. So www.gowanhealth.com. We also are on social media. So Gowan Consulting under LinkedIn, Gowan Consulting under Facebook for us older peoples, um, Instagram, Gowan Consulting, and Twitter, Gowan Health. So those are all places to look. Um, And I'd be happy to talk to anybody if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, Nancy Gowan and send us an email, gowanhealth at gowanhealth.com. So those are probably all of our handles. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us about 
you know, first off the coaching success story and then going into your company and then ending off with, um, with that valuable advice. Thank you. It's been a, pl- a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Work Disrupted, an Ontario Society of Occupational Therapists podcast. Work Disrupted is produced by OSOT's, or OSOT's, Workplace Mental Health Team, with sound editing by Carlos Noblot. Don't forget to subscribe to Work Disrupted and leave a review. Make sure to follow OSOT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay in the know about all things OT in Ontario. Check out the episode description for these links and any resources we mentioned throughout this interview. Until next time, thank you for listening.